We are on Yevamos Pedalet Amun Aleph 84a as we are beginning the Gemara. We just read the Mishnah in the, in the previous recording. The Mishnah was a long Mishnah going through many different cases of cases where there's a prohibition between the husband and the wife or between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, different permutations. And we also discussed uh, relatives of uh, on a rabbinic level that there's a prohibition for them to get married or to do Yibam. And also the different uh, penalties that are involved with that. And so the Gemara now is going to focus on how why the Mishnah sometimes describes the relationship between the husband and wife as a marriage, Nisuin, and sometimes it describes it as Kiddushin, as them being engaged. And sometimes, so sometimes it uses the language of marriage, sometimes as engaged. Why does it switch off? Why does it go back and forth? So the Mumar starts off by saying, My Ayri Ditani Nasa, Kiddish. Why is it that in the very first case, the first example of the Mishnah, is a case where the marriage is allowed, but they're not allowed to do Yibo. So the case is where you have a regular Kohen who's married to a widow, which is perfectly fine, that's allowed, but the brother of the deceased husband is the Kohen Gadol, is the high priest, so he cannot do Yibo because he cannot do Yibo to the widow, but... Uh, the marriage itself is fine. So he uses the language of marriage, not of being engaged, but specifically of marriage. Why? My Iri Ditani Nasa Listni Kidesh. Why does he give a case of marriage? It should give a case where they were engaged. Maybe as follows. When they are married to the Kohen, the regular Kohen marries the Almana, the widow. So now we know for sure that this is a case where she was a widow. Not just It could have been that she was a widow. In her previous marriage, she was only engaged. And now this is her first time being fully married. Once you're fully married, so they could have sexual relations. While they're engaged, they are not allowed to have sexual relations. So they are married, so they could have sexual relations. So now that they're married... The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, the brother-in-law, can't do Yibam. Why? It's not just because she's a widow, but because of two reasons. The Kohen Gadol also has to marry a Basula, has to marry somebody who never had sexual relations before, a virgin. And so therefore, the reason why he can't do Yibam is specifically because they're married, because the brother was married. And so therefore, his positive mitzvah, there's a mitzvah to do Yibam, does not override the fact that there are two prohibitions in this case. One is that she's a widow, and the widow can't marry the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. And the second one is that she is no longer a basula. She had sexual relations, and since she already had sexual relations, she also can't do uh, yibum with, uh, with, the, with the Kohen Gadol. So it's because there are two prohibitions. The Kohen Gadol can't marry somebody who's not a basula. But if they were only engaged, so then there's only one prohibition. She's still, she's still a basula. She's still a virgin, but she was she's a widow. She's a widow, and in her previous marriage, she became a widow during her engagement. She was never married. She never had sexual relations before. And so she's a widow. So then maybe I should say as follows. Maybe I should say the positive commandment of Yibam should override the negative prohibition, the commandment to uh, for the Kohen Gadol not to marry the widow. But maybe we, we would say in that case, you would in fact do Yibam. And this is actually something that we've discussed in the past. Do we say the positive commandment overrides a negative commandment? And we say in general that it does. If you recall, we had a Gemara that discussed this, 
and said that even though it's true a positive commandment overrides a regular ordinary negative commandment, but that would only allow for the very first, uh, the first yibam, the first act of sexual relations, that would be permissible. But every other one, you already fulfill the mitzvah of yibam. There's no longer a mitzvah. It's just a prohibition. Every future act of sexual relations would just be a prohibition. It wouldn't be a mitzvah. Uh, so that's why it's not allowed. So, you, so the Gemara is saying, are you going to really tell us to me? You're going to tell me that the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment? We always, we've had many cases like this where we have the positive mitzvah of Yibam and it does not override the negative commandment because we, as we just pointed out, because even though in general we do say that, we do say it overrides the negative commandment, but it would only be, it would only work for the first act itself. Every other act will not be a mitzvah and it will just be a prohibition. So we say, don't do Yibam because you're going to get into trouble anyways. So don't do Yibam to begin with. Uh, so don't tell me this. Don't tell me that the reason why the Mishnah uses a language of married because if they were just engaged, it would only be an ordinary negative commandment and then the brother-in-law would be allowed to do Yibam. No, even if it's just an ordinary negative commandment, it's not two prohibitions. Even if they were just engaged and she's a widow from the engagement, there we would still tell you not to do Yibam. So in the end of the day, we're left with the question, why, in fact, does the Mishnah use the language of being married instead of being engaged? It could have used either one. So the Gemara is going to end up answering because other examples in the Mishnah are specifically cases where they had to be married. And so we just wanted to keep the uh, the flow. But the, the Gemara is going to give different suggestions for this. So the Gemara says as follows. To goodbye, the Mishnah is up because we had, in the one of the last cases... In, the, in our last case where we said that both the marriage and Yibam were not allowed, one of the cases was where the high priest was married to a widow, not allowed, that itself was not allowed, um, and we said that even if the Kohen Gadol were to die, the brother who's a regular Kohen can't do Yibam. Why can't he do Yibam? Because the wife became a halala. She, because she was involved in this prohibitive relationship of a widow with the Kohen Gadol, with the high priest, so she became a halala. She, she got the status of a halala. And a halala cannot marry a regular Kohen. But that's only true if they have sexual relations, which means that they got married. If they were only engaged, she wouldn't be viewed as a halala. It's only because they were married that she's viewed as a halala, and that's why she cannot do yibum with the brother-in-law, who's a regular Kohen. So that's why in that case... It has to be specifically married, but if they were engaged, so then the regular Kohen, who's the brother, would be allowed to do Yibam. So that's why, so since in that case, it has to use the language of married, because she has to become a Chalala, so then by through the sexual relations, so too in our case, it uses the language of married, even though it didn't have to. But the Gemara says, what are you talking about? It's true in that case, in the, in the end case, it had to be where they're married. But I have another case where it had to be where they're only engaged, in the middle. What was that case? You have a case where, the Mishnah discussed a case where they're not allowed to get married, but you're allowed to do Yibam. And the case that they give is where, basically the same case, but they're only engaged. Because it has to be where they're only engaged. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, is engaged to the Almana, to the widow. They never have sexual relations. So if that that marriage that engagement is not allowed, uh, but if the husband passes away and he has a brother who's a regular Kohen, that regular Kohen could do yibum because they never had sexual relations. She's not a halala, and so in the middle case, he uses the language of engaged specifically. So then our case should also be engaged. Why? Why? 
Why are we picking the same language that's used in the end, in a case that's found in the end, as opposed to a case that's found in the middle? So the Gemara comes to its final answer and says as follows. The reason why it says married in our case is Mishum Bas Buxo. It's really because of the very next case of the Mishnah. In the Mishnah itself, the first case that's discussed in the Mishnah is the case that we're dealing with. The Kohen, um, uh, the, the Kohen who, marry, who marries an Almana, which is allowed, he's a regular Kohen, and his brother is a Kohen Gadol. So there it didn't have to use the language of marriage, which is true. Why does he use the language of marriage? Because the very next case is a case of a chalal, a Kohen who is a chalal, who marries a woman who is kosher, and the brother is also kosher. So in that case also, we say that the brother is not allowed to do yibam with his sister-in-law. Why? Because the sister-in-law becomes a chalala. But she could only become a chalala by having being married to the Kohen who is a chalal if they have sexual relations, which means that they're getting married. It has to be a case where they're married. So since the very next case is where they're married, it has to be where they're married, uh, because that's how she becomes a chalala. So then the first case also, we use the language of being married. Um, even though it's not necessary, but we use the same, the same language. Okay, that is all the first half of this recording, which is its own topic. The Gemara now, in the same exact case that we've been dealing with, asks a separate question, a different question. Again, the case that we're dealing with is a case where they're allowed to get married, but the Yibam is not allowed. And the case was where you have a regular Kohen who's married to somebody who was a widow. She was married beforehand, husband passed away, now she marries this Kohen. Perfectly allowed, the marriage is allowed. However, the husband passes away and the brother is the Kohen Gadol. The, Kohen, the brother is the high priest. The high priest now cannot do Yibam because the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry a widow. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand. My why, does, why do we have to give a case where the first marriage is where the regular Kohen married somebody who's a widow? This woman is going to become a widow regardless. Her husband passes away. The current husband passes away. He's a Kohen. He's the current husband who, who passes away. So let's say she was never married before, but she still will be viewed as a widow because her husband passes away. That's the whole case of Yibam, is when your husband passes away without any children, so then you do Yibam with the brother-in-law. So she's going to become a widow anyways. So why do we have to give a case where she was a widow from a previous marriage? Just say that she became a widow right now. It's very strange. So the Gemara wants to give the following suggestion, and it's going to reject the suggestion. It says, if you're going to tell me as follows, there's a certain argument that you can make, which many of the commentators, the earlier commentators point out that this is a very difficult argument to even present as an option. It's very hard to understand this. But maybe you could say as follows. And this is really something fundamental to Yibam, that the Yibam, when Yibam takes place, the brother-in-law is not just marrying his sister-in-law, but it's sort of like he's entering into that, he's taking over the marriage. It's like he's taking over the marriage, and potentially you could have an opinion that says, Nisun Rishonam Apilim, meaning uh, that when he marries her, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, it's not based on their status right now, but it's based on their status from the beginning of the marriage, of her first, of, of the marriage to the brother who passed away. It's sort of a continuation of that. And so we don't look at it from the lens of, of wh- whether she's a widow right now because of her husband passing away. No, we look at it as at the time that she got married, at the very moment when she first got married to her 
actual husband who passed away. What was she? What was her status? And they're continuing in that relationship. And so therefore, since if she were, if this would be her first marriage, even if her husband passes away, one could make the argument they could do Yibam because we don't view her as a widow from the point of, because it's a continuation of when they were first got married. When they first got married, she was not a widow. And so now the Kohen Gadol can marry her, potentially. Could do even with her. So maybe that's why, suggests the Gemara, the case had to specifically be a case where she was a widow. We're discussing a case where you're not allowed to do even, where she was a widow from a different marriage. Because at that point in time when she was first married to the, to the Kohen, she was already a widow. So now the Kohen Gadol cannot do even because it's entering into, at that point, at that stage, from the beginning of the marriage. That's what the Gemara wants to suggest. Very... Uh, Difficult argument to make. The Gemara anyways rejects this and says that no, this is not true. This argument is not true because uh, the next case of the Mishnah is where we have a Kohen who is a Chalal. Uh, He's a Chalal. And he marries somebody who is Kasher, who's a regular Kasher uh, woman. And we say that that, that's fine. A Chalal is allowed to marry a Kasher, but she becomes a Chalala. By doing so, she becomes a Chalala when they get married. And now she can't do Yibam with her brother-in-law because she became a Chalala during the marriage itself when they had started to have sexual relations. During the marriage, she became a Chalala. And the Mishnah says you can't do Yibam. But if we made the argument that we don't go based on her status when it changes during the marriage, but it's her status at the point in time of the, of at that moment when she first got married, she was Kasher. She didn't have sexual relations yet with her husband who was a Chalal. And so she's a Kshira. She's fine. She's not a halal yet. She becomes a halala during the marriage. So, but we see from here, the Mishnah says that they're not allowed to do Yibam because she's a halala. So we see that we don't view it as her status from the original marriage. No, we view it as the status is right here, right now. Right now, she's a halala. So too, why, we're going back to the original question, why did we give a case of where she was a widow? Just give a case where she was not previously married, but she becomes a widow right now because her husband passed away. So why do we give that case? The Gemara answers as follows: Mishim Seifa, Havada Mishim Seifa, Mishim Dekabai Limisli Seifa, Kohen Gadol Shenasa Asamana VeYeshal Ach Kohen Gadol O Kohen Hedyot Dafka Amana Av Basula Chazilai Mishim Hachi Ketani Amana. So the reason why it gives a case of an Amana of a widow is because you're right; it doesn't have to be a case of a widow. We could give it; we could have given a different case, but the reason why we give specifically this case of a widow is because of another case in the Mishnah. Again, similar to what we had before, that we want to make the Mishnah parallel to each other in the cases. So since we needed to give a case later on of an almana, of a widow, so to here too, we give a case of widow, even though it's not necessary. What was the case over there? Because over there, the case was where um, the marriage itself was not allowed and the Yibam was not allowed. And the case that they gave was the Kohen Gadol, the high priest is marrying a widow, not allowed, that marriage isn't allowed. And the brother is either a Kohen Gadol, or even if the brother was a regular Kohen, it's not allowed for them to do Yibam. Why? Because she became uh, a Chalala. She became somebody who's a Chalala, so she can't even marry a regular Kohen. But that case has to be a case of an Almana, because that's a case where the high priest, the first marriage is between the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, and the widow, widow from a previous marriage. So that case had to be a case where she's an almana. So because that case had to be a case where she's an almana, so so too we give a case now where she's also an almana. Okay, that is the end of that discussion. That was discussion number two. Let's move on to discussion number three. This will be the last for this recording.
The Gemara is now going to ask that we have all these different cases in the Mishnah, but we could come up with other cases. There are other cases that we could come up with which have all these different types of permutations where you're allowed to marry the husband, maybe you're not allowed to marry, not allowed to do Yibam. You're allowed to do Yibam, but you can't get, we weren't allowed to get married. You couldn't do both. You could do both. We could come up with the different scenarios. Maskifla Repapa. Repapa asks, if we follow Rabbi Yochanan, who says as follows, this is all review. We know that if we have an Egyptian convert, so then they are not allowed to marry into the reg- most, Jewish, most Jews until it's a third generation Egyptian. They can marry other Egyptian converts, they can marry other converts, but they cannot marry uh, Jews who are born Jewish. So what happens if you have a second-generation Egyptian marry a, a man, marry a first-generation woman? The child, we say, according to Rabbi Yochanan, goes based on the mother. So the child then becomes second-generation. So he says, I could give you a case as follows. Have a listening nami. <coughs> Excuse me. Mitzri Shani. The husband is second-generation. Shenasa Shte Mitzrios. And he marries two Egyptian converts. One of them is first generation. The other wife is second generation. He had two wives. And he has children from both the first wife and from the second wife, from the one who is first generation Egyptian, one from the second one, second generation. We could come up with a case where uh, you now have these two brothers on the father's side from these two different women. One's a first-generation Egyptian, one's a second-generation Egyptian. So the child now is either second-generation or third-generation. Okay, so now, because one's second-generation is third-generation, the third-generation one is now is allowed to marry any Jew. It's third-generation Egyptian. So let's say she marries a Jew. he, he marries a Jew, uh, a woman who's a regular Jew. So if he passes away, his wife can't do Yibam now because his brother is a... Second generation Egyptian, so they can't get married. The same thing is true vice versa. If you go through the, the, the logic, the same thing is true vice versa, that what would happen if the second generation married uh, another second generation, because that's what's allowed, so then he dies. Well, the third generation Egyptian is not allowed to marry a second generation Egyptian. He could only marry uh, a regular Jew, because he's viewed as just a regular Jew, so he's not allowed to get married to the second generation Egyptian. So then that's those are all cases where you're allowed to get married, but you're not allowed to do Yibam. And then it's the flip side is true. If you, if you flipped all the cases around, it'll be true in the opposite direction as well, where the marriage is not allowed, but the Yibam would be, would be allowed. Um, it happens to be that everything's allowed. If they both married converts, it would be perfectly fine. And if they both married, uh, says the Gemara, if they both married people who, um, who can't do Yibam, because they're an islandist, so then those are all cases which are also not allowed, meaning it's an islandist, meaning she can't have children, so there is no mitzvah yibam, so then those are all cases where it's not allowed. Essentially, we're giving, we're coming up with a case here where also where the marriage is allowed, but the yibam is not allowed, all these different permutations. So the Gemara answers, ton of a shire. The Gemara answers, ton of a shire. Essentially, the Gemara is answering that um, it's true, our Mishnah left out many cases, not just this case, but it left out many cases. There are other cases also which it left out. It didn't. It, it's not a limited list. There are other cases as well. So Gemara wants to know what are some of the other cases? My Shire, the High Shire. What else was left out? So they say Shire Ptsuadaka. They left out the case of a Ptsuadaka. Ptsuadaka is somebody who has crushed testicles, 
We, and we know, we've discussed this before, that if, if somebody has crushed testicles, they are viewed as a stress, they can't have children, they're not allowed to get married. So you could go through all these different permutations, either he's the husband or he's the, the brother-in-law, where he's not allowed to get married. The Gemara says, wait a minute, somebody who has crushed testicles, that's an ordinary negative commandment. Our mission said, it was discussing ordinary negative commandments. The Gemara says, what are you talking about? The Gemara says, no, but we, we, it said cases which are an ordinary negative commandment, but then it also lists the ordinary negative commandments. It gives all the cases, but it doesn't mention Pitsuadaka. So that's really, at this point, we're going to end here, but that's the conclusion of the, of the Gemara at this point, is to say that we have multiple cases. We have Pitsuadaka, where they have crushed testicles and they're not allowed to get married. Those are also examples where either the husband has crushed testicles or the brother-in-law um, or both um, and so the, we can come up with those cases or with the case of the second and third generation Egyptian convert um, where they're allowed to marry some some women but not others um, and so you can have different permutations and so we will that's that that's what comes out at this stage of the Gemara and we'll continue with this Gemara in the next recording